Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here uh, at last. Uh, we just came from uh, Mexico City, and uh, when we arrived, we literally kissed the ground when we arrived in America. Let me tell you that this nation is the best place that you can be in the world right now. There's no place. Come on. <laughs> it's incredible. If you don't want to live here, I'll live here. You can go back and stay in other places in the world. It's a remarkable place, and we are so grateful. My family is with me here. It was a bit of a challenge to get them in and uh, get them here, but they are with me. My wife, Zandia, and uh, two boys, Zandra and Josh, they're with me in Florida currently, and we're just using it as a base to travel and minister into uh, America right now. I want to just honor Prophet Ed Trout. He is my spiritual father, those of you that know him. He's uh, South African. He comes from South Africa. And he pastored a church very close to um, the town where I grew up in. And he ministered to my parents when uh, I was 14 years old. He prophesied to my parents. And uh, today, uh, my dad was in business, but uh, he prophesied ministry over my parents. And today, they in ministry, and that entire prophecy has come to fulfillment. So, um, I'm, his, uh, I'm actually his uh, spiritual grandchild uh, so, uh, um, but he's, uh, uh, he's so close to my heart. I'm so grateful for him. He's made a big impact in my life. And also, the connection here is because of Prophet Ed. And uh, I want to thank uh, Pastor Marian and Stephanie for the opportunity to be here. It's a great honor for me to stand behind this pulpit this morning. And uh, I count it highly. I know um, the responsibility that's upon you as a shepherd. Um, you know, whatever happens behind this pulpit, uh, he's going to stand trial for that one day, not me. So, <laughs> so we honor you as a, as a couple and as a family, all the leadership that's involved here, the team that's here. Um, it's, I'm so grateful to be here and to see what God is doing. And uh, the miracles. I drove through Europe a couple of years ago, and God spoke to me in Europe. He said, Andre, the future of the church is the fivefold ministry within the local church. He said to me, that the churches that do not embrace the fivefold in the future will become extinct. What does that mean? It means that the, the, the future of the church is evangelists coming back to the local church, prophets coming back to the local church, teachers coming back to the local church, functioning under the governing authority of the apostle or pastor. Now, when I look at, at Pastor Marion, I see the apostolic mantle upon his life. He's called to be an apostle. That's what he carries in his spirit. And uh, I'm here to say to you that healings will increase. Uh, don't expect healings just to happen once a month. It has to happen in every service. God has to move in every service. And that's what's, uh, what God's busy doing in the, this nation right now. If, if we would just grab onto what God is doing, um, when God looks at the earth right now, He doesn't see America, South Africa, and Israel. He sees one kingdom. He doesn't see borders. He doesn't see... and so. Right now, heaven is sending out emails. And uh, any person, any family, any church that would just hear the voice of God right now will get into the new that God is doing. Now, God's doing a new thing. Uh, what we're facing right now, what we are seeing globally, it's a new thing. And I want to say to you this morning that I would rather be an amateur in the new than an expert in the old. I want to I be in the new. And so we're going into uncharted territories where we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but it's going to be new. It's going to be fresh, and that is what we have entered already. It's already started. And so let's embrace the new. Um, it's not going to be exactly the same. 
it's going to be new. Now, I want to uh, just greet all the online visitors as well, viewers, those of you that's watching via live stream, and uh, those of you that's here this morning. Now, I thank God for live stream. I thank God for Facebook and YouTube all, and all these platforms. But let me tell you this morning that one thing that you could not receive via live stream is impartation. You have to be in the room for impartation. You can receive everything else on live stream, encouragement, motivation, but when you are in the room, you receive impartation. And that's why we need to gather. That's why we have to come together is because of the impartation that's taking place. You know, every meeting that we have, there's an anointing for that meeting. Every meeting, when we come together this morning, I'm not going to function in my anointing. I'm just going to flow in the anointing for this meeting. And so God has already made something available to us right here, right now, but it happens through impartation. And that's why we have to show up. That's why we have to be here to receive what God has for us. So I want to invite all of those that's watching through live stream to participate and to show up, to be here, to receive that impartation that happens in the room right now. Now, I'm going to share a lot with worship, but there's stuff that happened in your spirit already that's going to hit you by Wednesday. And so impartation already started to take place because you're in the room, because you're here. You're making yourself available to say, God, I'm here. I'm ready uh, for what you want to do. Amen? So let's pray and we can get into the Word. Thank you, Father, for your Word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that your Word is alive and it's active this morning. Father, as we open up your Word, Lord, I pray that you would come and demonstrate your Word this morning. Father, thank you that you are aware of where we are, what we are facing, and you have called us to be victorious above and beyond those things that we are facing right now. And so I declare it of every person right now that you are victorious in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, as I travel the world globally, we are involved in 40 different nations. And beginning of the year, I would wait on God for a word for us as a family. And then I would take that word to the nations where I go to. And beginning of this year, the Lord spoke to me, and uh, as a family, uh, personally, and then as, as, a, as a word for the, wor for the world. And God said to me, Andre, I want you to take this to the world, wherever you go, wherever I send you, I want you to share this. And so a word that I have for this year, 2021, is that this year is the year of harvest. God showed me in the beginning of the year, in a vision, he showed me the most beautiful harvest fields that's ready to be harvested. These fields, the, if I could explain to you the beauty of these fields, number one, there was more than enough for everyone. These are not fields that we have to fight over. There is abundance. There's more than enough, the most beautiful fields that's ready to be harvested. These fields are ready to be harvested in ministry, in business, in family, in relationships, in every level of life right now. These fields are ready to be harvested. And the same vision, when I looked down, God showed me in front of the harvest, He showed me obstacles. And He said, Andre, that this year, 20, 2021, there will be obstacles in front of that harvest. Don't let the obstacles scare you. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit for, for a strategy to move beyond these obstacles to get to the harvest field that is ready. Now, I want to share three things with you this morning about this harvest. Number one, there's a harvest and it's ready. Go and harvest the fields of abundance. And so the fields has been prepared. It's there. 
we just have to go and get it. And something about a farmer, a farmer is present in planting season and harvesting season. A farmer does not just show up in planting season. There's many people who have planted, but then they don't show up for the harvest. And so one of the things that's critical this year is to show up. <laughs> if you show up, you've, you're 50% there. If you start to show up, then God can start to move and the harvest can be, uh, can be released. Then secondly, God said to me, it is not those who planted that harvest, but those that show up during harvest time. There's a harvest and it's ready, but we have to show up for the harvest that's out there. As we show up, people say, but, but what should I do? Just show up. But I don't know where to go. Just show up. But, but how? Just show up. Just, just, just get momentum. Because as long as you have momentum, you're moving forward. There's no such thing in the kingdom of God as neutral. You're either moving forward or backward. Just forward or backward. There's no neutral. You can't even be stagnant. Even though you're stagnant, you're going backwards. So just keep on showing up. A lot of us are on, a, on the right track. We should just continue and keep momentum on that track until we see the breakthrough and the harvest that God has promised. And then thirdly, God said to me that this year, he says that there will be a peace upon my people that will be unexplainable. And so no matter what we're facing, no matter what we are going through, there will be a peace upon us that is unexplainable. I'm going to share tonight about our assignment, and uh, every individual has an assignment that we are walking in. And uh, I'm going to share tonight about specifically our assignments and how to, to know what your assignment is and how to walk in that assignment, and then what it releases when you walk in your assignment that God has prepared for you in your life. Now, I want you to read with me in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 4. Now, I uh, started in ministry very early in my life. At the age of 16, I started to minister. It wasn't um, planned. It was uh, by accident. Um, we, my parents uh, have Christian campsites in South Africa, multiple places. And um, we have conferences every weekend. We have eight to ten speakers every weekend. And uh, I worked in the ministry. I did the sound. I did lightning, uh, camera work. I worked in the bookshop, every part in the ministry and then in the youth department, then I led the youth, and so on. And uh, what happened is one day, one of the speakers didn't show up. And then my dad said, I, was, I did sound that morning. My dad said, can you quickly help us and come and do the session? And so I did that session. It was never planned. And then from that moment on, I started to stand in for speakers that couldn't be there or show up. And that's how I, I became the plan B. <laughs> And that, <laughs> that's how it started. It was never planned to be on stage. Um, I worked behind the scenes. I, I uh, received a prophecy one day. I was 14 years old. I was behind the camera. And uh, one of the speakers that day stopped and prophesied. And he said that God says, right now you're behind the camera, but the day will come where you'll be in front of, in front of the camera. But one of my greatest fears was speaking in front of people. And so it was, it was nothing that I thought would ever be possible what I'm doing today, it was all just a prophecy that came into fulfillment. Now, at the age of 16, I messed up my life. I made a lot of bad choices. It was all my fault, no one to blame for it. And I got to a place where I couldn't uh, continue anymore. I got expelled from school. I just ended, I threw my entire future away. And I was at the lowest point in my life that night. And in that moment, I heard the voice of God, the lowest place that I could be. And to me, when God spoke to me in that place, it was like water in the desert. 
When you're in the desert for 30 days and someone offers you water, you grab it. You don't negotiate. You just grab it. And that's what happened with me is uh, when I heard the voice of God, I realized that I will never be able to live without that voice again. I said, God, I'll do anything to hear your voice, anything. Just tell me what you want, what you require from me. I'll do anything. If you want me to pray more, I'll do it. If you want whatever you want, I just want your voice. And so from the age of 16, I've pursued the voice of God, not prophecy, the voice of God, not giftings, the voice of God. I've pursued God. And through intimacy with Him and my relationship with Him, ministry was birthed. And uh, God started to use me seven years ago as a prophetic voice. It was never planned. It came out of ministry. It came out of my intimacy with God, those things. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. He comes down to our level and he says, he knows what we can associate with. And he says, man shall not live by bread alone because he knows that we know we need to eat three times a day. And so he's speaking about something that we can associate with, something we can understand. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, by three meals a day alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Not every word that comes from the pastor's mouth. Not every second, the mouth of God. And so what has happened the last generations is people started to put the fivefold on a pedestal. And they said, no, no, speak to Moses, speak to the fivefold, and they can speak to us. I'm telling you, we're in a time right now where God wants to speak to us directly. He wants to speak to us. And I thank God for prophetic voices that's out there. I thank God for ministers that's out there, but it's not their responsibility to become the mediator in your life, in your relationship with God. You know, someone, <laughs> I ministered in South Africa, and uh, I said this, and then an old elderly man stood up. He said, I, he said, but that's, why do I pay tithe? I pay tithe so that the pastor can go and hear God and come and tell me. <laughs> and so, <laughs> people still have that understanding. They still think that uh, only the fivefold can hear the voice of God. And they think, well, they need to hear from God. They need to come tell us. We're living in a time right now where we're going to become dependent on the voice of God. You will not be able to conduct business without the voice of God. You will not be able to, <laughs> to run a church without the voice of God. We're going to become dependent on hearing His voice on a daily basis. And that's where we are right now. There is definitely an awakening that's busy taking place globally. Globally. God's busy pouring out His Spirit globally. It's a lot of bad and negative stuff that's happening, but let me tell you, there's a lot of good stuff that's happening. There's many nations that's having a visitation right now. Many nations. And if we would just focus on Him and not on all the negative stuff that's out there, then we're going to experience the same visitation in our lives where we are right now. And so, John chapter 10 verse 27 says, He says, My sheep uh, hear my voice. And I want to say to you this morning that you do not have to be a prophet to hear the voice of God. You just have to be a sheep. It says, my sheep hear my voice. And uh, we are going to be in a time where we are going to be dependent on hearing his voice daily. The same way that I experienced at the age of 16, where I couldn't get out of bed without the voice of God. We are in that time again now where we will not be able to get out and move and conduct our daily lives without hearing from God. What's His will? What is His plan? And we cannot look at what someone else is doing out there 
We are in a time right now, this morning when I woke up, God said to me, this morning, I woke up, God said to me, he said, Andre, the greatest crisis in the kingdom right now is people leaving their harvest to go and look what another man is planting. We are in a time right now where we have to keep our eyes focused on him. We cannot look at what other people are doing out there. We have to say, God, what is, what is your plan for my life? Now, let me tell you, it's far better to go through a storm with a word than without a word. Because when, when you go through a storm and you have a word, then you've got something to hold on during that storm. And that word that I'm speaking about is God that's going to speak to you directly and that's going to navigate you and tell you that this is what you need to do. This is, this is how you have to respond. And so get ready to receive a strategy from heaven for your business right now for your ministry right now, for your family right now. Let the Holy Spirit give you a strategy in how to move forward this year and how to get to that harvest that he has promised us. Now, the book of John chapter 4, verse 6 to 19, a scripture that you know very well. It says, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. In the New Testament that we are living in right now, we use Jesus as our role model. We don't look unto John or unto Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Moses, Abraham, David. Jesus is our model in the New Testament. The way he conducts himself, the way he ministers, that's who we follow. And the, when I looked at Jesus right here in John chapter 4, Verse 6, now look at his way of ministering, what he's doing. I, I can see so much in that. And number one, I see Jesus approaching this woman. And the first thing that I pick up is that he is relational. He comes in, he meets this woman, and he doesn't introduce himself as a prophet. He doesn't say, hi, my name is Prophet Jesus, and uh, get ready, I'm going to give you a prophecy now. Um, here's my ministry card. He starts a conversation, he's relational. He starts a conversation. And then out of that conversation, he starts to minister to her. And then at the end of the chapter, she says, truly, you are a prophet. No way did he even mention it. No, no, no way did he even tell her, you know, what his gifting is or what he does. He's just relational. And I've learned through his method that he is relational but through that, I've learned that we are directional. What does it mean? We are not relational beings. I love German cars. Uh, my family, I was born uh, um, into a family that loves uh, BMW vehicles. We didn't have an option. My dad just told us that's the best thing to drive. And now my, my father-in-law, they drive Mercedes. So we have this family battle uh, every weekend. And so I was just born into this, that BMW is the best car to drive, and, and that's, that's, what, that's what we drive. That's it. And um, now, suddenly, because we are directional, and I love BMW cars, suddenly I can have a neighbor living right next to me, and for the last 15 years, I didn't even take the time to greet him. But then one day, I hear that my neighbor is the dealer principal at BMW. Guess what? Tomorrow, I'm going to have coffee with him. I'm going to greet him every morning from now on. The reason is that we are directional. We pursue relationships 
because there's something in it for us. We're, let me just tell you the truth this morning. The reason why your husband or wife married you is because they thought there was something in it for them. If they haven't told you that yet, that's why they married you. They looked at you and they thought, well, you're going to make them look better. You're going to, you, there's something in them that's going to put you in a better position. That's why they married you, that person. So today, when they don't say it anymore, just remind them that, that they married you. So they saw something inside you. We are directional, okay? A couple of years ago, two years exactly, I spoke on this conference in Houston just a month ago. But I was invited to a conference in Houston two years ago. And this was one of my first trips to Houston. Now, South Africa, we don't have natural disasters at all. We don't have extreme heat, extreme cold, no natural disasters in South Africa at all, nothing. You know, when I came to America for the first time, I thought it's the end times. I thought Christ is returning tomorrow. I mean, the stuff that's happening here that you are facing, snow and heat, and we in Florida, humidity, it's crazy. I thought it's, a, it's the end of the world. So we're not used to that. And uh, I went to Houston two years ago to a conference. Uh, it's a worship conference they invited me to. And uh, um, just before I left South Africa, it started to rain in Houston. It kept on raining and raining and raining, and the Houston airport was flooded. They, they shut down the Houston airport because of the flooding, and they say no one could fly in or out for the next 24 hours. Now, if you fly from South Africa, it takes two days to get to America. And so I got onto a plane, and I flew to Dubai. And they didn't um, cancel that flight because it was in uh, the first 24 hours, and we would arrive within 48 hours in Houston. So I flew to Dubai, arrived there, and uh, the airline wouldn't change the ticket because Houston was only shut for 24 hours. And so by the time I would arrive in Houston, it would be the next day. And so I arrived in Houston. The pastor phoned me from, from uh, arrived in Dubai. The pastor phoned me from Houston, and uh, I said, what do you want me to do? And some of the churches said, no, no, let's cancel because it's flooded. No one can get in or out. And then other churches said, no, we need you to come because it's a good time to, to bring hope to people. And uh, I'm at Dubai airport, and it's a crisis because I don't know what to do. Should I cancel the flight? Should I redirect it? Uh, and, I mean, it's crazy at the airport in Dubai. Everyone is running around, changing flights. And I'm standing there, and I'm calling out to God. And I said, God, you have to help me right now. I don't know what to do. Do I change the flight? Do I stay on the flight? Just tell me. Just tell me what to do. And God responded, and he said to me, Andre, I want you to know that I love you. I said, God, I do not have time for this right now. I'm asking you a simple question. It's, it's go or stay, left or right. It's just tell me what to do. I don't want to be disobedient. Just tell me. And God said, you know, I want, I want you to know that I'm proud of you. And he kept on speaking to me everything about not, not what I wanted to hear. And in that moment, I realized that he's relational. And so I walked out. This is, this is a crisis for me. I mean, I'm not, I've never faced this before. I need an answer. Just left, right. Just, it's very simple to me, but I want to do the right thing. And uh, I realized again in that moment that God is relational. And so I walked over in, in the lounge in a corner, and I sat, sat down. I said, God, okay, if I miss the flight, I miss it, you know. Uh, and I just started to fellowship with the Lord. And as I started to fellowship with God, about five minutes sitting there, God spoke to me. He said, Andre, go and change your flight to Dallas. I walked over. By, by, by then, most of the people were gone already. I changed the flight to Dallas. 
I got onto the Dallas flight, and it's a 14-hour it's a flight from Dubai. Seven hours into that flight, they announced on the plane that Houston will be shut down for another 24 hours. You see, God is relational. And if we're going to miss out in the relationship, we're going to miss out in the direction. A lot of people pursue God only when they have a crisis. When there's a crisis, they pray. When there's a crisis, they seek Him. When they're when they, <laughs> <when they, laughs> at bankruptcy level, then they seek Him. A lot of people seek Him only in moments of crisis because they want answers. We are directional. They want left or right, yes or no, this one or that one. But God is relational. And by His grace, many times He will give us the answers and the directions. But we're in a time where we have to learn to seek God again for who He is and not for what He can do. This morning during the worship, I heard, I heard it during the worship, He is enough. He is enough. He is enough. I just need Him. I remember those times when I was 16 years old where His voice was more than enough in my life. I didn't need anything else. His voice was more than enough. Every void that I had, His voice filled. Every need that I had, His voice filled. He was more than enough. But then we get persuaded by so many things in our lives where it creates a void and an emptiness where we think that, that if, if, we, if we have that in our lives, then, then, then we'll be full. He is enough. And I want to get back there this morning to that place. We're in a time where we need direction. Ministries need direction. The world needs direction. Presidents need direction. We need to know. Now, right now, to tell you the truth, no one knows. Government don't know. No one knows what the future will hold. But he knows. You know, heaven is not in lockdown. There's no virus in heaven. Heaven is not going through any, any challenge right now. Nothing has changed. And so we're in a time right now where we need direction. But that direction is going to come through our relationship with him. It's going to come through spending time with him and sitting with him. When I started to, to take my mind off all the crises and the issues I had at that moment at, at, at Dubai airport, and I focused on him, then suddenly the answer started to come. He started to speak into every area of my life without even asking him, but because I made him the center point of it all. We're in a place right now where God needs to fill that place once again in our lives. We become the center of everything. You know, many people give God a one-night stand. They expect a lifelong relationship. They think that I'm praying right now, and so I've got to answer, and that's it. So I'll, I'll, I'll speak to God again next year. We're in a time where we're going to live on His Word daily, proceeding Word, daily, daily, daily. There's many people today that are killing the Isaacs in their lives because of proceeding Word. Proceeding word is that is God is speaking again. You get a word in January where God says you need to move to that town, you need to start a business there. And then you move there, they've shut down the town, they've put down the electricity, they've stopped the water supply, but you're still there because you received the word in 1980 that you need to go to that town. Proceeding word, we are missing the promises of God because of proceeding word. Because he speaks and he says, okay, go. And then next month he says, okay, now it's time to leave. And you say, no, 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 you said I should stay. Proceeding word is speaking again and saying, this is the next step. This is what you need to do right now. Proceeding words, constantly sitting and hearing from him. 
this responsibility is shifting from the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, apostle, upon every household where we have to see God and hear from Him. I remember a time walking uh, outside in our farm in South Africa, and as I walked there, I just had this desire to spend time with God. And I said, God, I've got nothing to ask you. I've got nothing to pray about. But I just want to tell you, Lord, that I love you. And I thank you for, for just for who you are. You know, God has been a real father in my life from the age of 16. He became my, my natural father from the age of 16. He taught me everything that I know today came from him. And um, I said, God, I just want to thank you for who you are. And God said to me, Andre, just sit down. And I sat down right there under a tree. He said, Andre, not a lot of people thank me just for who I am. Most people seek me when they need answers. And as soon as I give them those answers, I don't see them again. And I realized that God is in need of fellowship. God desires fellowship. He made us for communion. He made us for fellowship. Let me tell you, the greatest thing that the enemy can do against God is to take you away from him. It's to remove fellowship. If the enemy can just betray a lie and tell you that God is not aware of your situation, that God, God is absent, that God is not there, if he can just bring, it brings separation between you and God, that's the greatest thing that he can do against you and God. But I've learned to overcome my emotions. And whether I feel him or not, I know he's there. Whether I feel it or not, I know he's with me. I know he's there. And so I've chosen to start to live beyond that. And I've started to learn to live in his presence daily. In everything that I do and everywhere I go, he's with me. He's there. He's part of that right now. This morning, there's an invitation to you and in a form of a prophecy. There's answers that you need right now. And God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you those answers. But what's more important to him is the relationship. You see, we are in relationship with people because of what we can get out of them. God is in relationship with you just because he loves you. Not because of what you can do for him. It's because he really loves you. But when we get saved and we become Christ-like, then we become relational. Suddenly, we change and we learn to pursue people just for the relationship. We discover what's in them and, and suddenly... It's not, again, what we can get out or how, we can, how it can benefit us, but what we can do for them. And so the more we serve him, we become relational. We become like him in that. I'm in a place right now where God is speaking to you at this moment, and he's calling you back to fellowship. He's calling you back to relationship. And as you come back to spend time with him, then suddenly the direction is going to come. Then suddenly answers is going to come. Then suddenly... He's going to reveal to you exactly what you need to do. It's going to come out of a moment of intimacy with him. It's going to come out of that place right now. Now, we are in a crisis right now globally. There's no doubt. When the way we're going to win this crisis that we are in, you know, in Israel, when I was in Israel and the last time I was there, a rocket came over our bus. Someone, they shot a rocket over the bus. And when they shot that rocket, what happened is every man, woman, and child in Israel stopped with what they were doing. They picked up arms and they went to the border. You see, in Israel, everyone is part of the army, not just the pastors. 
I'm going to say it again. Everyone is part of the army, not just the pastors. And so when something happens, everyone reports for duty. Men, women, children, they all, they all picked up arms. They all went to fight, all of them. They said, we're all Israelites. We're all in the army. The way we're going to win this battle right now is when, is when every member, every member reports for duty. This is not us watching the pastor and cheering him or the fireful and saying, go prophet. No, no, no. This is all of us reporting for duty and say, God, be ready to fight. The world is going to try right now in the next season. It's going to try to push the church as hard as they can to see when the church will stand up and say no more. I'm not here to bring fear upon you as a nation or a congregation, but I want to say to you that in November this year, there is a storm that's coming to America. There's an attack upon the church in November this year. And the church has to stand and have to say no more. Not just the church in Kentucky. Not just the church in Texas. Not just the church in Florida. The church of America needs to stand up and say no more. Not in our state. No more. No more. You've pushed us hard enough. No more. We stand against us right now and we rebuke it. And so this is where we are right now is when everyone reports for duty and say no, no more. We're standing together. I want to end with this this morning and I'm going to continue tonight. The size of a church is not defined by the membership, but by the sons and daughters of the house. What that means is, is children don't have authority, but sons and daughters have authority. And for too long have we been focused on membership and not sonship or sons and daughters. And here's the difference. When I was a child in South Africa, my, we, we lived on a farm and the, I walked in the field and there was a snake. And my dad said, when you see the snake, just call me and I'll kill it. And I saw a snake and I shouted, he came, he killed it when I was a child. But then I became a son. And one day I walked in the field and I saw a snake and I killed it. I took authority. This is the difference between children and sons and daughters. His authority level, that's all. The authority level. They take responsibility. You know, Jesus came and he died on the cross. He took the keys back from the enemy. He gave the power back to us. He sat down behind the Father and he's left the church in charge until he returns. He's not coming again. When he returns, it's the end. And I'm here this morning to let you know that I have to, I have to tell you the truth. Superman is not coming. Batman is not coming. Spider-Man is not coming. There's no help coming. There's no Savior coming. This, this is what God has left in charge, to fight the enemy until Jesus returns. This is, this is what it is. And so until we report for duty and everyone walks in their authority, nothing is going to change. We have to step on and we have to fight it. Listen, some demons have, have to be driven out on Monday. They can't wait till Sunday. There's some giants that has to fall on Wednesday. They, they can't wait for Sunday for the pastor to pray for them. <laughs> pastor can empower you, but there's, there's some stuff that's going to happen in a week that you have to stand up and you have to say no more. God has given me this business. I command the enemy to take his hands off it. God has given me this family. There's a shift in power that has to take place where we take responsibility.
And we say, no, 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 it's not someone else's responsibility. It's my responsibility now. God has entrusted me with this, and I'm taking authority. Amen?